everyone. Welcome to Uvalde Reports. Now, last night, the Democratic challengers who were running for president, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, held a de debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The debate was moderated by PBS's Judy Woodruff and Gwen Ifill. Now, like I said with the Republican debate and the various Democratic debates, there's a lot of questions that just weren't answered. Some of the things that they didn't even discuss was the national debt. Now, the national debt is $19 trillion and growing. And it seems like anytime we get into these debates, whether Republican or Democrat, they really don't touch on this. And a vast part of the debt, debt is entitlement reform. And nothing was discussed how to, how to reform our burden entitlement program, which consists of Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and interest on the debt, which right now consumes well over 60% of the U.S. federal budget. But that was not discussed. Also, each of the candidates, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, talk about all the challenges, all the problems with the, the economy, how it affects the middle class. But it was strange that nothing was asked about the economy under Barack Obama. Once they get to the, they deal with the economy, they always jump back to what he inherited. But that was eight year, going on eight years ago. So right now, when they talk about the middle class is getting trampled under by, by Wall Street and whatever forces are out there, they were never pressed on what would you say are the challenges or what would you say, what would you do differently and what wasn't accomplished with the economy because the Democratic Party owns this economy. I mean, they just need to realize it just seems like they're running like this is 2008. And one of the most troubling aspects or one of the things that wasn't brought up in the debate at all was Clinton's legal troubles, and we'll get into that a little bit later, or veterans. Because after Nevada, now the Democratic Party will have their um, caucus in Nevada on the 20th, where the Republicans will be in South Carolina. Then it flip-flops the next week, where on the 27th, the Republican Party will be in Nevada, and the Democratic Party will be in South Carolina. And one issue that was not even addressed was veterans' issues. And this is something that Bernie Sanders championed with his um, veteran bill in 2014, but that wasn't even brought up. The other aspect of this debate, which was very glaring, is because now that the, debate, the, the campaign is moving away from Iowa and New Hampshire, which are primarily uh, white voters, now you're more moving into the South and to the state out West with um, – a more diverse background. Now, Cl Hillary Clinton keeps trying to say that she was there for the she was there for the president. She she believed everything he did for. Her. And what she's doing is she's playing to that black constituency, the African American constituent constituency, because in um, South Carolina, that's about forty five to fifty percent of Democratic voters, and the African American. Um, community has voted well over 90% for President Obama, but they pretty much are one of the most loyal, well, probably the most loyal um, demographics for the Democrats. So they're playing for playing to that vote. That's why Bernie Sanders, right after the New Hampshire um, primary was ended, he went to New York City and had a breakfast meeting with um, Al Sharpton because he's trying to get their endorsement so he can, ta you know, t tamper into that. But it just seems like they're pandering to this group without really addressing the concerns 
of the black community. So we'll have to see how that plays out and see if that was um, very successful. But again, as I said earlier, the Clinton scandals were not, were not even brought up. Bernie Sanders didn't even address it, nor did the moderators. Not, it's not like there wasn't anything new. The State Department just recently said this week they opened into an inquiry regarding the Clinton Foundation and her time as Secretary of State, and which is also encompassing her top aide, Uma Abedin. Now, the FBI is also looking at any conflict of interest between the Clinton Foundation and the State Department because it's it's uh, been seen that Bill Clinton's speaking fees dramatically went up while she was Secretary of State, and then also many of the corporations that were that were doing business before the State Department um, donated pretty sizable amount of uh, money to the Clinton Foundation. So they're trying to look at conflict of interest. But it's strange that if Bernie Sanders wanted to make a stark distinction. What he's doing right now. And we'll have to see how this works as we go through the primary and caucuses coming up is he's not mentioning it. He's just letting the news media do his talking for him. Now, in New Hampshire, when it came to trust, they people trusted Bernie Sanders 95 percent to 5 percent for Hillary Clinton. So she really has some tough, a tough row ahead for her. Now, some of the tough questions, and this is not a partisan issue. It's not a Republican or Democratic issue. The one thing I just wanted the candidates, both Republican and Democrat. Now, tomorrow night, the Republican Party is going to have their debate. I'm going to do the same thing. What wasn't asked and what was asked and how did they respond? Because I think the American people want to know, how are you going to solve some of these pressing issues? Now, Hillary Clinton talks about how she uh, supported Obamacare, thinks it's a great thing, doesn't want to end it. She keeps... um, bad-mouthing Bernie Sanders that he wants to abolish it and start again, which is not really accurate because Bernie Sanders really wants to go to a single-payer system. But over health care, nobody asked her, how would you improve the Affordable Care Act? And with that, how would you improve it? How would you work with the other party? Because whoever wins the White House in November is going to have to deal with Congress. Whether it's um, the Senate remains in Republican hands or flips to the Democrats, even if the Republicans controlled both House and Senate, they're still going to have to work with the other side because neither party will have the votes to get over that 60 threshold. Because when Barack Obama assumed the presidency in 2009, he had the largest Democratic majority since 1978. He had a supermajority in the House and virtually a veto-proof majority in the Senate. So that's why he was able to get uh, Dodd-Frank, Obamacare, and some of the things passed in those early two years because Republicans really couldn't do anything. Well, the question is, how are you going to fix Obamacare? And what would you do to fix it? Because if you fix one aspect, it, it changes something else. Now, the Congressional Budget Office had stated that next year they're going to see the rise of the deficit, and a lot of this is attributed to the entitlement programs, but also a lot of it is now included in the entitlement system, is Obamacare. Now, I'm not just trying to pick on Hillary Clinton either. Same thing with Bernie Sanders. He talks about he wants to spend a lot of money, a lot of resources into the economy. Most notably is infrastructure. By spending on infrastructure, you're committing. Uh, creating millions of jobs. But the one thing the the two, um, Gwen Ifill or um, Judy Woodruff, never asked is, 
We spent a trillion dollars on infrastructure, close to it, in 2009 under the president's stimulus plan. That was supposed to go to, as the president stated, shovel-ready projects. Where did all that money go for infrastructure? Why do we have to spend another trillion when we already already spent a trillion? So the question is, where does the money go? How was it spent? Now, even President Obama in 2012 stated, which really took a lot of heat, that some of those shovel-ready projects weren't really shovel-ready. So my question is, how is he going to spend on this, and where is he going to spend? And the big thing is, where is he going to get all his funding for all the proposals? Because he talks about free education, free health care, free ch- um, child care. A lot of these issues, how is he going to spend? Now, he really hasn't given a detailed plan. Now, I know a lot of Republicans and a lot of pundits have said he wants to, to raise taxes up to 90%. He hasn't really stated that, but it's no, it's going to be over 50%. So the question is, what's his plan to pay for all this? Because we're sitting at $19 trillion in debt and rising, and it could be up to about, and it should be up to about $20 trillion when the new president takes office. So how is he going to do that? Now, uh, Bernie Sanders talks about a, a health care. He's looking at more of the single-payer system. The question I would pose to him, how is this a single-payer t- system different than anything else. The closest thing we have to a single-payer system is the Vet Department of Veterans Affairs, and we've seen how that works. We went from about 90 to $95 billion in 2009, and we're spending close up to $170 billion, and we still have veterans not receiving care. Even the VA's own inspector generals reported back in September that 300,000 veterans likely didn't get um, died because they couldn't re- receive the care that they needed. Now, I spent 30 years in the Marine Corps with three combat tours to Iraq and Afghanistan. This is very personal to me because I know too many Marines, too many soldiers, sailors, and airmen and the like, and all these different veterans, whether from the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan to Vietnam, had a very troubled past, very troubled time trying to get to the VA. So I would like to know how is a single-payer system going to work and how is it going to be funded? Because that's some of the problems that we um, we definitely currently have. And everybody's going to be seeing their premiums and deductibles skyrocket. And some people are losing their coverage because they just can't afford it. And we're seeing this across the country with a lot of these co-ops across America are um, going bankrupt. And the largest ones, United Health, is pulling out of the system because they just lost $400 million. And they just can't keep affording that. So this is some of the things that needed to be discussed and just weren't asked. Now, again, I'm not trying to play a partisan. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat on this. I just want the candidates to be pressed on this and not give softball questions. Now, both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton talk about reigning in Wall Street. Now, Bernie Sanders has been on this from day one, and Hillary Clinton seems to be coming on um, lately. But nothing had, that either one of them discussed would help or um, how would they jumpstart small business. Now, I reported this earlier on previous podcasts. The Brookings Institute, which is the liberal progressive think tank out of Washington, they came out with a report in May of 2014 stating that small businesses are really taking a beating. What they were in the report is they were talking about old business and new business. Now, old business is anything like 15 years or older, new businesses from starting to 15 years. 
Now, the problems with small business didn't just start under Barack Obama. It's been going on for the last number of decades, but it really accelerated under him. Now, the question is, how are they going to help small business? Because they, they championed Obamacare and Dodd-Frank. Now, well, everybody knows what Obamacare is. Some may not know what Dodd-Frank is. Dodd-Frank was the financial overhaul reform. All that did is was supposed to rein in the big banks, but the big banks have gotten larger and it really punished the small banks. The small banks are the ones who loan to small businesses. They work in your community. Because of the rules and regulations, they have to have more paperwork for compliance and also they have to have more assets. Now, the the small banks were not responsible for the financial collapse, but they're paying the brunt of it. And a lot of these banks are having to consolidate because they have to have so much assets. And it's really curtailing uh, getting capital out. And I know that firsthand as a small business owner trying to get that out. Now, the one thing that they both agreed on was the um, the incarceration rate of African-Americans. A lot of this was it started with the Bill Clinton when he was president in 93, 94, passed a, um, a crime bill that really put minimum sentencing on a lot of these things. We had three strikes, and it really affected the black community. But each of these candidates, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, said, we got to fix this, we can't be doing this. But they really haven't double down on what is the real problem with these inner cities. A lot of these inner cities, these, um, the minority community especially, goes to the most decrepit schools. And the thing that I like to put out is some of the leadership in these communities, their children do not go to the public school system. They go to private school. So we've been spending billions upon billions of dollars. We saw what happened in Baltimore. Look what's going on in Chicago, New York, and a lot of the cities in um, across the country, and it's really hurting the black community. But they're talking only one aspect, but they really haven't talked about what do we do to help the black community out? What are we going to do to jumpstart, to make sure they have economic opportunities? A lot of these things are a result of that. So what are we doing? They focus on one aspect, and a lot of it had to do with the police officers. They want to train police officers better. They blame the police officers for most of the problems. Police departments across the country, obviously there's always the bad apple. They need to, to fix and weed them out. They need to look at their tactics, techniques, and procedures. But if you're only going to look at the police department without looking at the broader problem, we're going to be here five, ten years from now. So this needs to be addressed. This isn't a Republican or Democratic issue. This is an American issue, and this needs to be addressed. Now, in the debate, they, uh, I think it was Bernie Sanders mentioned talking about immigration. And he talked about former Senator uh, Ted Kennedy, and he was trying to pass the immigration overhaul in 2007 with George Bush. But the one thing that the the uh, moderators did not press the candidates on, one of the key opponents of that was Barack Obama. But that wasn't addressed. So as we go through these debates, these candidates need to be held to a standard where they're going to be asked tough questions. And the one thing that's odd throughout these debates is the Democratic Party is on, you know, CNN, PBS, uh, CBS, but they're not been on Fox News. Now, people may criticize Fox News for whatever reason. Okay, that's that's a legitimate concern. Everybody has their opinion. But I believe all the candidates 
from both political parties need to be on all the cable news, whether you agree with it or not. Because once we get the person elected, we're not going to have a time because we didn't properly vet them. We didn't challenge them on their assumptions. Now, Bob Schieffer, when he retired, mentioned that we didn't properly ask the tough questions of Barack Obama. Now, whether that may have changed the difference, I don't know. But when we have someone who's going to be elected president, we need to challenge them. And we should expect that they're on all the cable news shows, not just the ones that are going to give them an easy pass. So I would like to see the Democrats. I would like to see Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton on Fox News. Now, to be deference to Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, that's same thing with the Republicans. I want Ted Cruz. I want John Kasich on those shows. I follow the news pretty regularly, and I'd never see them on there. And they even mentioned this morning that those two, Ted Cruz and uh, John Kasich, have not been grilled or not been asked questions on how they would do things. This is what I want of my president. Now, the other issue, but that's big with America, not big with America, one of the top two issues was the economy and um, terrorism, was the Middle East. Now, I was on a radio show this week, and they wanted me to rate all the candidates for president. And I said, no one really has a, a comprehensive, detailed plan how to defeat terrorism. All of it is based off of playing to their base. Now, three candidates, I feel, that just did not have a plan. Now, two of them, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, they're, they're not even in the same stratosphere. They're talking, they're making these blustering to pay peace to a base. Even former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates in both the Bush and Obama administration said their, their statements are so over the top and it's not based in reality. Now, on the Democratic side, Bernie Sanders, his forte is not foreign policy. I think everybody's fair on that. But the one thing he doesn't do, he doesn't state what his strategy is, who he gets his advice from. All he repeats is, I didn't vote for the Iraq war. Hillary Clinton did. You should look at my judgment, not hers. Well, that's great. We all understand that. But everybody voted for that war. 80% of the Democratic Party did. That includes John Kerry, Secretary of State. That includes Joseph Biden, Vice President. And those two individuals voted against the first Gulf War, then came back and voted for the war in Iraq. Question I would want to know, why did you, what was the difference? So, but then Hillary Clinton talks about we need to get the um, the Arab allies involved in some of the um, coalition. But the one thing she's going to have a difficult time if she becomes the president is they don't trust her. They look at her as another extension of the Obama administration because she was f- part of the Obama foreign policy the first four years. So they really don't trust her. So it's going to be a difficult slog for her to figure out how she's going to do these certain things. And we just got to get away from the Iraq vote. I mean, come on. We all know she voted for it. He, Bernie Sanders didn't. But Bernie Sanders is going to have to have a detailed strategy of what he's done and it can't, what he's going to do. And it can't be just, I'm not going to vote for the Iraq war. I wouldn't do anything like that. And what are you going to do? What is your comprehensive strategy? So neither the Republicans or the Democrats really have a comprehensive strategy. And one of the key components that Hillary Clinton's going to have a hard time, or if Bernie Sanders become president. They both supported the Iran nuclear deal. To the region, that's their biggest threat. They see Iran as the biggest threat, not ISIS. 
And now they mention this Syrian ceasefire, but the Syrian ceasefire really has done nothing to solve the problem. Assad's still in power. ISIS is still there. There's Iraq is still in turmoil. Nothing has changed. So it'll be interesting to see how we move forward, but everybody needs to get a, needs to look at the region, not the way that we hope it to be, but the way we are, and quit going back to this, I didn't vote for the war in Iraq or you did. Come on, we're there. Let's move on and let's get this thing done. But as we go deeper into this, as we go deeper into each of these um, debates, I think it's time the media challenge these candidates, not just give them softball questions. I read the debate the transcripts, and these were softball questions. They were never challenged on anything as it dealt with the economy, as it dealt with what they're going to do for changes to health care. How would they implement it? How would they work with the other side? How would they jumpstart the economy? All they talk about is broad brush, and they look at Wall Street. I'm going to be tough on Wall Street, but in the same breath, they're not doing how they're going to help middle America. How are they going to help the middle class? You help small business, that's the middle class. What are your changes with education? That's where you end income inequality is education. They talk about student loan debt, but nobody talked about why does college cost so much. They're focusing on the 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 symptom and not the cause of the problem. So all these things needed to be looked at, and it has to be done in a broader context, not just you don't want to ask these questions. So hopefully in the next subsequent debates, we get deeper questions. Hopefully tomorrow when the Republicans have their debate, we have um, broader answers to these questions. So we'll have to see, and hopefully the moderators actually act as moderators and just really ask tough questions. So as we move forward, keep challenging your leaders. Be informed because we get the government we get if we don't challenge our leaders. And be well-read. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. Find out what's going on and challenge your these. But also challenge the media because they seem to do things their way with because they feel the American public is not going to read or be informed. Find out what's going on. But as I'm going to keep doing these um, analyses of these debates. If you like it or don't like it, let me know. Sign up to Stitcher and iTunes. Let me know what's going on. You can go to um, Ubaldi Reports. Sign up. All this is free. Sign up and let me know what you think. If you get a chance, go to Amazon or Borders, excuse me, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Get my book that I wrote. It's a best selling author on Amazon called The New Business Brigade Why Businesses Should Hire Veterans and the Untapped Resource They Represent. My goal is to get it as a bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list. So, again, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. I appreciate your support. But keep informed and let's challenge our leaders because we, well, we don't. We're going to get the government that we get. So take care. Keep listening on Ubaldi Reports and tell your friends. See you next time.